Do you know what we're talking Where you can get news about the Jamaican culture and just learn about how Jamaicans are doing as a yard and abroad. You get to learn a new Jamaican Patwa word or even a Jamaican phrase. I look forward to the Patwa word of the day. The Patwa word is Pasa Pasa. Word today is Taco Ram. Our word of the day is Duffy. Wang. Not like a, not like a twang, not true. I enjoy tuning in to what a go. It happens every Friday at 7 p.m. So check them out. And bye from Toronto. Dodge, Quebec, it's La Chamaïque. Écoute, what a one. Yes, I, what a one. I am a big fan of Wataguan. Relevant and entertaining, so keep up the good work. Watch Wataguan. Big up yourself, Wataguan. Wataguan. Yes, I. Wataguan. Watch Wataguan. Oh, yes, I'm going to Wataguan in my yard. Check it out. 7 p.m. every Hello, 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 my people. Wagwan, how no do? Well, it's another week of Wataguan, so welcome back. And it is your girl from Bongo Town. Remember the community, in you know, the community, in you know, the community, right? So it's Wataguan time, so time to call your friend, your enemy, and your neighbor, and just make them know that Wataguan is on. It is seven o'clock calgary time so call the people them and tell them say what are going start so i work with the women's center here in calgary and it's as it says it's a women's center so we serve only women and women identifying folk i work there as the social issues coordinator so that means i it's what I do is focus around community building. So that is what I do here in Calgary. So it's time for us to, you know, do the water go on thing and just let us have a good time. So in order for us to have a good time, we need a whole heap of people for us to water go and start. So we want to welcome those who are listening on Fresh FM Radio in London. So welcome, hope you folks are hearing and enjoying and ready for what I go on. You over there to remember for telling the people them say what I go on start. So also what I go on are the big, big, big things, right? So we are now available on Podbeam, we're available on Amazon, we're available on iHeart, we're available on Player FM on all other major podcasting network. In order to connect with us, you can check out the link on the website, and that is wataguan.ca. And remember, in Aguan is 2A, G-W-A-A-N. It's March, and that's my birth month. Yay! So I'll be celebrating all month long. Feel free to send the gifts. I, do, I don't use Zelle or whatever. I don't know what those things are, but... Check out the website and you can send me a gift on the website. But it's March and March is also celebrated as Women's History Month. So all month long we'll be celebrating women, right? So March 8th is International Women's Day. So ensure to check out all the programming that will be taking place on that day. And throughout the month, celebrate and enjoy Women's History Month. Um Wataguan National in March. So today we're going to be focusing on Windrush 75. That will be happening in a few minutes. So you're going to all a reasoning with the big man himself, Mr. Donovan Simon. So get ready for, for that. All right. Remember, my favorite time of Wataguan is Patwa time. So the Patwa Today we're going to do a phrase to change it up and make it more exciting. So today the phrase is Parson Christen in Pitney Fuss. Remember to make this thing interactive, to put what this means. Oh, sorry. 
Left remember say me have to keep it English if it's English and Pato if it's Pato. But Parson Christening Picnic first. So put it in the comments. Tell me what that means. So when you hear somebody say, hmm, Parson Christening Picnic first, put it in the comments and tell me exactly what that means. We want to also invite you to subscribe to our um, social media. We want you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, on LinkedIn, and again, also check out the website. That's where you can get us, right? So last week, we looked at Black History Month. So our program started on the 24th, and that was the last Friday in Black History Month. And we spoke with none other than Assistant Professor Marva Ferguson, and she is from Port Mount Royal University, not Port Royal. And we looked at the topic, um, Black History Month, honoring the past and building the future. If you missed the episodes, you can check us out here on Facebook. You can also go on the YouTube to find those past episodes and you can listen. So feel free to just check out all of those places if you missed last week's episode. Now we want to go to the news. So on Saturday, which is tomorrow, um, the Caribbean associations here in Calgary will be celebrating Black History Month and it's um, their theme is Seeds to Roots. They'll be looking at honoring the past and building the future. So that's on March 4th at the Thorncliffe Community Center and that's at 5600 Center Street, North, and that starts at five. So check that out. It's also a free event, so you don't have to worry about paying to go in. Over there in Toronto, the JCA Ontario Women's Committee presents the 23rd Annual Women Who Inspire Change Lunch and Awards on Sunday, March 12th. The event is at the JCA Centre, 995 Oro Road, Toronto, starting at 1 p.m., it will be hosted by Sandra Whiting with a live performance by Mel C. Tickets are $50 per person. To get more information, visit jcaontario.org for tickets and more information. And now it's time for a little bit of news from none other than The Rock, Dongayad. Um, what has, what's happening down there is that a constitutional reform committee, which will play a key role in ensuring Jamaica's smooth transition to a republic, has now been constituted. Minister of, Minister of Legal and Constitutional Affairs, Marlene Mullahoo-Fort, who made a disclosure during the sitting of the Standing Finance Committee of the House of Representatives on March 1st, said the work will begin today. That is interesting. Can you imagine Jamaica having president and we're voting for our ministers versus um, voting for ministers and the winner of the major party become prime minister? So that is something to look out for. So the Jamaican Association of Montreal is hiring a coordinator for their footsteps program. The role creates and offers activities for children online and in person. Persons who are, well, the perfect candidate for this role should have studied and have experience in social work and daycare setting. If you're interested, call Diane at 438 390-7763 for more information. Now it's time for us to guess what? Ola Lika Reason with the big man himself, former Prezi of the JCA Alberta, none other than Donovan Simon. Mm -hmm. 
call. Yes, sir. Oh, you there. You're there. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least last week you were on the gully side. This week you're not, so I appreciate that. I <laughs> uh, hope you had a great week. Yes, I did. It was a very, very, very busy week, but a good That's one. Good. That's yes. good. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, this week we're introducing Windrush. Uh, and uh, we've got uh, Mrs. Marilyn Capron. So I'm going to have a reasoning with her. I know some things are going on here for takeoff. So yes. hold tight, we talk, and you'll see all that happen. Yeah, man. I'll rewatch and hear the conversation. All right. Take it easy. Yeah, bye. All right, folks. Greetings. Welcome again to A Time to Reason, where we look at different issues about health, wealth, culture, history, and community here on Wataguan National. Special uh, greetings to those listening at Fresh FM Radio London. And today this topic might be of interest to you because we're going to talk about Windrush 75. Many years ago, many people from the Caribbean uh, took, uh, took sail to, to the motherland, as it was called. And uh, we want to capture some of the stories as we celebrate 75 years of that happening. And today we've got the president of the International Returned Citizens Association in Jamaica, Mrs. Marilyn Tapper. And she has spent many years in Great Britain. And she's going to share with us some of her stories as we look at Windrush 75. I know she's on her phone, so let me see if I can get her joining me on the stream here. Mrs. Tapper. We have to we have to get you unmuted first though. Yes, is that all right now? There you go. That is perfect. Oh, good, good evening, everyone. Good evening, and thank you for for joining us here on Wataguan. Oh well, I'm very happy to to be a part of your organization. I mean, we are we are. A, we're not as big as you are because, we, you know, you seem to have a lot of young people in your, your <laughs> association. We are more yeah. or less returned citizens and we're, all, young, we're an older set of people. Young, young is relative to you know, Mrs. Tapper. Yeah. Some yes, people, yes. Some people say you're as young as you feel. <laughs> yes, but I wish, I, I wish we had in Jamaica some vibrant young ones like you, <laughs> like you do in Canada. Uh, I hear you. Well, listen, uh, thanks for joining. Today we want to discuss uh, the Windrush generation and things that happen. And I, I'm going to, to, to start by maybe getting you to tell us a little bit about back in the day. You spent 55 years in, in, in Britain. Share with us when you went there and what, what those initial experiences were. Well, when I went there, the, the experience was much better. We're talking about Windrush because I, I'm, I'm really a child of Windrush. I'm the children of, of the Windrush. Most of the people who belong to Windrush are really are dead. And, and the last one that I thought of. So I managed to get to some people in London who are still alive. And most, much, most of our experiences remember that we were, we were, we were going to the mother country and we, we, we just left our island and we used to use the same coins. So you can imagine that a lot of young people of 18, because, you know, they had a cutoff point, 1825. And so we took their children with them. And some of the children were sort of grew up to become my age. And, and, and you know, the bulk of us, of the children are born in the 60s right. in, in England, you know, because they were really young people that went up there and those that went. So it was really very, very cold and there was no welcoming for us because we were just people who went up there, you know, you know, as you know, Enoch Powell and, and all the people were, because we went up there shortly after the war to mm -hmm. rebuild the country. So we were, we were mainly people who worked in hospital on the railway in the, and the buses, because you know they took us from from the Caribbean because we speak English, you right. know most Bob from Barbados who speak English, and we were more familiar than say most of the 
there were also Asian people there too, you know, because there were lots of people from India, lots of mm. people from Africa, and we used to live together as as um as one people, really, because most of the children, would you believe it, that were born in the fifties and sixties in England were actually born in Indian home. So when we went there, there was no welcoming for us. No one was there. So we, you know, I, mem I remember I lived in a house with about five bedrooms because we didn't have living room in or anything like that. So every room was rented. <laughs> and I can, <laughs> every room in the house was rented and we'd say one bathroom and the bathroom would be outside. The toilet would also be outside too because they didn't, you would sort of see signs. I didn't see too much of the signs when I went there, but the older people would have seen signs, no blacks, no dogs, and no Irish. Those were the signs that were put up. So we didn't, we didn't have anybody to welcome us. I mean, you know, the older people, we had to live in the railway. You know, in England, there were some tunnels you know, we have underground there, and on mm -hmm. the tunnels, some of the some of these young men had to sleep there. So when I went there in the in this in the sixties, nineteen sixty three, it was much better because you know my family was there, my older siblings were there, and they they knew how to tell us how to dress. But in those days, they didn't they tell us how to dress, and then we used to see the bread put on the doorstep, you know, and uh, and we went there and really clear it up. So living in these five, if it was five rooms, you know, there were, and also they were on the landing, there were some stoves and you had to punch. And some of the landlords are really horrible people. And in those days also, because we didn't used to having fire, there were lots of fires too, lots of people and lots of children got burnt because, you know, we just had one little sort of um, stove, like, you know, a tall the nappies and everything were sort of hung around it. Right. And then we had to punch, punch. It was really terrible, you know, for us in that that went up there in this in the fifties and the sixties. In the sixties it was a little bit better. Because in the sixties, by the time I got there, my my elder sister, who took seven of us to England at the time, had bought a house. So when I went there, I went into a house oh, that belongs you. to my sister. Lucky but, you. you yeah, and we couldn't even get we couldn't even get mortgages as black people. We didn't get mortgages. So what we did, we we our partners, right, and buy houses. And, so, Mr. Stamper, know, hold, hold hold on a little. Let's let's go back a little bit. Cause your sister was there before you and other relatives. What were some of the yeah. stories that they told you about their experience when they got there in the early days? Well, they they went there in fifty five. And my sister went, you know, as you know, went into nursing. When most of my sisters went into nurses. In fact, five of us were nurses, including myself. That right. is my first trained professor. So when we went there, but my sister, because she, one of my sisters, my second sister, she was really like the lead person and sort of looks after everybody else. So she went, she went into nursing. Well, nursing wasn't paying very much. And she had all her siblings and her mothers and her aunts. So she went in and worked on the buses. Oh, okay. So she was really a bus bus conductor, which oh, is so people, really people were able to get jobs though. Like I mean, yes. yeah, yes, there, there's plenty of jobs on the railway, plenty of jobs in the hospitals. Because remember, at that time, those men and women had come back from the war, right? And they weren't prepared to clean up, clean up hospital work, do all these menial jobs. So we went in there and took it. You know, and the Asian people were sort of very good friends with Asian until they sort of separated by passing an act in nineteen in the nineteen seventy five, the Equal Opportunity Acts. And then, but but we were there living living as very humble people. We didn't, you know, I mean, most of us, most of the children, as you know, in Jamaica, the teacher is really the head person. I know the. The children, you know, some of the children. I didn't. I didn't went there. I went there when I was about 15, 16, 15. So therefore, I didn't sort of get into the school system too much. I mean, and at that time, they would cast at house at, at age fifteen. Right. But those those who went there in the in the in the fifties and sixties had a terrible time. There were plenty of jobs, you know, because jobs were there, working in the factories, working in the hospitals. Working on the railway, working on the buses, these were the most jobs that they were. And people remember that some of us went there as prof as as skilled people. Some of us were carpenters. Some right. of us were were um 
were plumbers, builders. Right. We could build. You know, let's, talk so about, let's talk about the social circumstances, though, because a lot of what you hear around those times were how, how the society was structured, especially for, for Black people coming into, into that setting. What were some of the things you experienced or you heard from the generations before you? Oh, I heard, you know, we, we, we sort of make ourselves merry because, as you know, at, the, at that time there was Prince Buster, there was um, um, Donovan and all these sort of musical people. So we used to have parties every week down into a little hole, you know, into one <laughs> little, into, into, the, into the cellar. But we, we used to enjoy ourselves because, because, I mean, you know, one of the festivals in London, um, one of the, um, the Nottingham Festival, um, yeah. one of the biggest festivals in Europe, started down in Nottingham there by, by Jamaicans and Trinidadians and all these people coming together. And it's the biggest festival, and somehow we still have control of it. But, you know, like everything else, somebody else come, will be coming to take it over. It's the biggest festival, carnival, every, every, every the last bank holiday we have that that started by us black people you know and we started our little little parties and you know you know even when when um when a famous um person you know um came over to england i mean that's the dancing and the music and the reggae and the beat all of those sort of things we started it in london but you is know it because you couldn't go into the other places no, we weren't really barred as such. We could have gone, you know, could have, we could have gone to clubs, but we made our own clubs. They, they didn't sort of say, they would say to us, you can't come here, you know, because there was also the, some sort of fellas that, that was sort of killing off black people or fighting them. But as you know, it's particularly Jamaicans. We don't really take not, nobody non nonsense from anybody. <laughs> so we were very, very vibrant people and we would stand up for our own and we would, we would, you know, we would fight and carry on like everybody there because we that's how the society was based on. So, you know, and we, it's not really like America where, you know, sometimes you go to America and you don't see one white person. You see white people next door to you. And they were, on the surface, they were, very, they were very nice, but they not, don't necessarily let you in. Right, you know, right. You know, it, the racism was there, but it, but it, was, it was subtle. Right. You know, I mean, that's the reason why we we form our own communities. We form our own churches. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we you know in England we buy we buy churches too because you know, at that time they were giving away churches. So you know you go there and you sort of find. That's why the, that's the rise of the, like the Pentecostal movement and mm -hmm. and the Church of God's in Jamaica. We we form we form our churches into homes. And then when we when it's possible we see a building and we buy it and we build it. I remember joining joining the, the New Testament Church of God in Deptford with fifty members. When I went back in in something like two or ten, it became a podium with thousands of people. So we build and, and these were little you know, we were just we were just hospital workers, hospital porters, nurses. Well, the highest profession in my time when I was there was a nurse. Right. I didn't say any lawyers because they didn't train. Lawyers come to be trained in England, but they, yeah. there was no jobs for them. Oh, you know, okay. So they come back They come back to Jamaica. So yeah. all those Duke Street lawyers, they were trained in England. Right. Because remember that we didn't have a law school in Jamaica until 74, 1974. Right. Yeah, you know, well, there so was yeah. one... In, Let's talk about the working situation a little bit, Mrs. Tapaka. You were in the medical area for a while. Uh, yes. For those who went before you, you said your sister was was also in that space. Yes. How, yes. How 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 was it to get education to build yourself into into that vocation? And also, did you get promoted in those jobs? Oh no, 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 no. I mean, remember that those those young nurses that went up in, in the 47s and so on. Remember, they were really very educated people. They were third-year Jamaica local, Jamaica right. people, or they were sort of people that that were family was was well enough to send them to, to high schools. Because remember yeah. that these schools in Jamaica, you know, the only one that was black was was um was the one that you went to, Calabar High School. Right. But mm -hmm. say St. Saint, 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 Saint Hughes were very much a, a Church of England school. 
um, um, that one that um, St. Andrews, you mm -hmm. know, it's only rich people and brown people could go there. So remember yeah. that when we went to England, there were no opportunities here, no mm -hmm. opportunities for black people. So when England say, open up all these young people, oh, some go by Windrush for £75, some go via the plane for £85, <laughs> you know, in those days. Yeah. So, so it was, it was, um, you know, so there were nurses and 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 there were educated people, you know, there were third Jamaica local people, or you know, have a good standard of education to become nurses. I mean, right. I trained as a nurse, you know, and, and I, I trained as a nurse in 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 the sixties, but but I mean, I didn't stay there very long because I, you know, it's still very racist because there are women of my age who went into nursing and stayed there, trained and retired at the same age. Because remember, we didn't have any support system. So therefore, the women who who were nurses would go, go work at nights in order to send their children to school in the right. day and babysit and take them. So in a way, you know, there's a there's a book called by by that um, by the, the by somebody from Grenada that called how educate how the British system has made made our children like children of my age and educationally subnormal because mm -hmm. what they used to do is take us and put us in what we call boarding schools mm -hmm. and these boarding schools were really schools for for people who are disabled you know. Oh. lower standard of education so you know and that was very very popular but because we as as um working class people we didn't know and information wasn't really shared yeah yeah we didn't know that this board so when people sort of say going to boarding school it's just to take them out of the system out of the main system and there are people in england that went into those system that sort of system will tell you and give you the history of what it was like boarding school. It was very, very popular. People tell you about board. So our education in England for people of my age group is very, very minimum, you know, and, you know, the children that were born there, that's why they rioted. You know, there was a riot in 1980 where Birmingham, London, Stockstead, Manchester, everybody was, Bristol was writing, that was in 1980. And those were the children that were born in 60s, the way how they treated us. You know, so they would send us. Let's talk about that a little bit, Mrs. Tapak, because you you are you are the first generation of the Windrush, and here comes the second generation, and they're rioting. Uh, and they're, that, that must be because in their mind, certain things were wrong. That's right. Were wrong before. So what were some of those issues? The issues were, Lock of edu poor education because you know they used to give us, you know, we, we they used to have at that time they used to have a thing called section 11 education and it would give people of my age group and those other people, you know, the lowest standard of education because they think because remember that many of us in, in that went up as children there and born there, our first language was really patois, right? Yeah? So when we went to school. You know, we, we they didn't take us out like how the Indian, like how the Asian children were taken aside and taught mm -hmm. English. We because they automatically think that we speak English, so mm -hmm. we weren't given formal English, and you know we were discriminated against. Um, you know, if you put your hand up in the class, you know the teacher would sort of go around. There was no, there were no black teachers there because you know very, very if there was, there was very very few and far between. So mm -hmm. there was nobody to motivate our children. So, so in a way, even though we went to secondary school and high school and it was free, but we had the lowest type of education. Because remember, sometimes our parents weren't able to go to this to the to the school during their half term and when they have the meetings, and these meetings were really held at 10 o'clock in the mornings. <laughs> so therefore, <laughs> yeah, they have to work. Right. You know, it, it was it wasn't easy, so you know. Although, because I'm like the first generation of people that went to university, and even right. then, and besides, we didn't even have any definition of who we are, right. because we are called we are called West Indian children, right? 
Yeah, we, so the, because we cannot assimilate. Now you're talking about me being having five generations of people in England. No, <laughs> yeah, and, and they they are at university. They are and they're everywhere. You know, so, because how things have changed. So things have changed uh, in recent mm -hmm. times. There's been in the news a lot about many of the original Windrush people who were, ma you know, mistreated by the Home Office and, and mm -hmm. the, the institutions in Britain. What, what have you heard? And for, for some of those people, when you look back, what, what do you think? Well, remember that the Home Office and the particular minister had destroyed, they said they've destroyed the papers, yeah? And because remember that some of these children that went up with their parents in those days went up with on their parents' passport. Okay. Yeah, because it's only in recent times that children are allowed to have individual passports. If the children were going on their own, then the parents send them, send for them after 19, after the 60s or 50s when people were still sending for their children. If they were going on their own, they would have individual passport. But remember that there were lots of children that went up there with their, with their family, but they went on their parents' passport. Right. So those children sort of, I don't know what happened to them. They would have gone to school from age five, because that's where the school age starts, to age mm -hmm. 15, fit into the system. But perhaps, you know, you know, you, you sometimes you don't even think or sometimes you don't know or sometimes you don't hear. Because right. today, up to today, I was speaking to one of the Windrush people from England and she was saying the way how they treat us, you would never take out a British passport. Oh, okay. There are people. There are people who 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 believe that they shouldn't take up because we were treated ter rough, terrible. You know, we were treated terrible. You know, it's only those guys that the only positive things that come about it is that those guys who who negotiated our pensions, right? For example, they negotiated the pension so that wherever we are, we are still we still have our pension, and that was really. A very good thing. But you mean, that yeah. they, they did for us. Worse when you go back and settle in Jamaica and, like I said, the pound's strong, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I said the pound, the pound is strong, but 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 it, it, it's weak when you when you sort of have to spay when you sort of have to say spend nearly nearly ten dollar for a loaf of decent bread. <laughs> you know what I'm asking? When you said when you said thousand dollar, you know, you're talking yeah. about five pounds. <laughs> Let, let me ask you something, though, Mr. Stapper. There, there are many people from that generation, though, who, like yourself, even the, the second generations, who, who actually did well. So the okay. system, to a certain well, extent... It, what do you mean, well? Well in inverted well, commas? Well, well, well in terms of, you know, acquiring education, building some wealth, being able to retire... Uh, not not everybody, you know, didn't get anything out of it, right? Oh, yeah, yes, yes, because, you know, great sacrifice, because don't forget, we are a people that believe in owning our own house. Right. Yes, and, you know, because, again, we didn't even get council houses in those days. <laughs> yeah, We didn't right. get council houses, so we had to show a partner to buy a house. Right. And we, we live, we live... We live well, you know, because I remember like my house was a sort of um web of, of people coming in, you know, even if it's on a Sunday, you know, we didn't have any fast food, you know, like Kentucky and McDonald's <laughs> and all those sort of food. We'd, so therefore, when somebody come to your yard, you have to make sure that you have a tin of corned beef or so, uh, tonight. So that's what the only fast food I know is fish and chips in those <laughs> days on a Friday. Yeah? Right. And then Wimpy came about later uh, on. I, I didn't hear about Wimpy, but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that transition and the coming together. Did those circumstances on, on a social level, not just for entertainment, but in terms of defending each other, did it did it lead to black people, Jamaican people, West Indian people coming together? Oh, yes, we come together. We come together in churches, man. You know, the church, you know, black people, the church is a very big church, but it but it doesn't, it's a big, very big thing. But, you know, they're busy going going to heaven rather than, say, looking at the social circumstances, you know, sort of advocating for young people to have good education, to have a job, to, to not to be so much involved in crime. I don't mm -hmm. know if you, you, ever, you ever heard a man called Enoch Powell that write um, the Rivers of Blood speech in 1969. In the 60s. Mm -hmm. 
and that man wrote the rivers of blood speech and you know you can sort of see that in some way it's been materialized when the police are killing black and black black right. it's called black and black killings you know right. because killings in in england is sometimes it's just the same as jamaica you can sort of say too that you know they they sort of employ people from jamaica to come you know because the people were committing crimes in england mm -hmm. you know commit a crime in england land in milan back in new york and the following day they're back in london Right. There were these things going on too, so you know you, you sort of wonder about about the system, how it how these systems work. Right. But whatever it is, it's 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 sort of especially not so much the black woman, because mm -hmm. the black women can get pregnant, but they sort of go back into education. But the right. black men, you know, we we had in the eighties a thing that is called sus laws. I don't know if you've heard about, it, whereby a black man would be looking into a window, and the police would would arrest them. Right. You know, I, I worked in England, I worked in, in nursing, education, probation. All the all the systems of seeing how, how these and, and very much an advocate for all these these um these injustices for black people. So yeah. we set up Saturday schools in England in order to help our black children. Right. Some of them today are lawyers because they are in their fifties and forties. Some of them are, you know, and they and because of the disadvantage to education wise to some of our young people, because like 11 plus, they have a thing called 11 plus in England in terms of education, right. which means that black people wouldn't, black children wouldn't fit into that category. Right. So in the 70s and 80s, they sort of have a thing called, um, forget the name of it that people people who didn't have those advantages of getting 11 plus would have gone into and didn't did did nursing and did teaching and law and it was sort of a quick quick thing that you know you, when you compete two-year course and it's because you're competing at, at the university level to people who have gone through education from age five to to say 18 mm -hmm. And they'd have had all the skills of taking A levels and and O levels, while these people just sort of choked on through it. And you know, but it, it did well. It sort of helped a lot of us to to become to become social workers. To be and and those are the sort of social workers today who are the managers who might have the and their children have the right. same problems at times as as the people that they're managing themselves. So you know, it's it's a sort of system. You know. The race, the racism is there. It, yeah. it, it, it never ends, does it seem? It, ne uh, it never ends, but it's inherent. Here's another one I want to get your take. So you've moved back and resettled in Jamaica, and you're one of the leaders in the in the in the resettlement movement. Uh, how how has going having gone back home and resettled? Does it give you a greater appreciation of home? And how do you reflect on your experience after 50 plus years in, 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 in Britain? Well, sometimes it's difficult to, do, to, um, to settle back in your own country. But as you rightly said, I belong to a church. You know, I belong to one of the largest, largest churches, Baptist churches in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And fortunately for me, that the, the minister there was also trained in England. So, you know, they, they sort of think that, you know, as according to some Jamaicans, all of, all English people are mad, mean, and miserable, <laughs> and manageable. They call us the three M's. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've never heard that phrase before. No, I didn't. Okay. Well, we have the three M's, mad, mean, and, and manageable. Yeah. So fortunately for me, I came into a church whereby the minister was trained in England. So my little frivolous ways or whatever way, he understands it. Right. So therefore I get by. And and for me, again, I came to Jamaica also when I was also in my early 30s. Right. As a as a civil servant. And I so most of the people there that are there now who are my age, I knew them. So right. it helps me to settle back into that sort of community because you know i i also even though i didn't belong to that community in england because of the racism i came out of it i belong to another community 
And when I went to that church and 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 see the practices of, of what I've left, I thought to myself, mm -mm, that is what I run from in England. I can't <laughs> deal with that now. I can't deal with it. Because I, I remember going to a function and the ministers go one side, the minister's wife go another side, and the congregation went another side. And I thought, mm-mm. I can't, I can't deal with that. So I thought, you know something? I better go back to that black man church up the top of the road. Eh? So that's what I did. So that helps me to settle, yeah. you know, to settle, to settle in Jamaica. And also this returning resident here helps yeah. also helps me because a lot of the people and I share the same experiences. Right. But you know, we still we still have the jealousy amongst family, we still have the jealousy amongst neighbors because you know, you because you're used to, I mean, as they say in England, the white, the, the English man's house is his castle. We are quite yeah. used to fixing up our houses and, and, and making it, you know, because it's not a matter that we have more money. It's just a matter that we saved up and, you know, and it takes great sacrifice right. to, to save, to move, to move to a foreign country, to take up all your little countrymen and move to a foreign country. Because there's not many, and I'm sure you see people in Canada just who can who has that motivation to really right. come home, because it, it takes a lot of stamina. Because when you come, despite whatever material things, you're really at the bottom. You're really yeah. at the bottom of the heap. Yeah. And for the and for those people, and and even the killing rates that that occurs amongst returning re returned residents in Jamaica, it's not really strangers killing you. You know, it's your own family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Out of out of jealousy, out of out of whatever, because I lived in Kingston and I and I drive uh, one of those sort of high powered cars and I and I'm going down. If I want to go downtown, I just drive to Olympia on right. my own. I yeah. drive to St. Anne and back to, up to St. The other day I, I went to last Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Friday night. I went to St. Anne to a funeral way up yeah. in the mountain park all by myself. So despite whatever people say about the volatility in Jamaica and the challenges, you know, you know there's some people don't take, yes, people will come and teeth you, yes, people will come and if you leave your car door open, they'll teeth, you know, because people are poor. Yeah. And they see you as as having as being wealthy. Yeah. Yeah, because because you know, when we come here we 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 are careful, you know. I remember you know, even if you have helpers coming in, by the time you look around, they, they clear out whatever you might have, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know I mean? because they see you have plenty. They figure you, know, you they, have a lot. And right. They Listen, figure you have a lot. The time is ticking, and I have one more yes. question for you. Uh, when you hear stories or people talking about Windrush, uh, do you think there is something to celebrate about that movement? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, we because remember because remember that we although there was a lot of people that leave from England who went to Canada, right, under the wind rush, mm -hmm. <laughs> and because we went, we went, we went to Canada, and we 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 worked in Canada. Some of us worked because it was really my my wish when I was younger that I should train a nurse and then as a nurse and then immigrate to Canada. So lots of people. I'm sure you 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 belong to that. Some of young young people belong to that generation of people, because while Canada at the time when when we were going to England, Canada was recruiting those very same people to come and work as maids, right, as domestics, right, and and that domestic cuts across all the board boundaries. You know, civil servants or whoever, everybody was because everybody young people like to immigrate, right. But and the positive things about the positive things about it, we who went to Canada, not Canada and America and England, not so much America, I don't, I don't know for America, some of them, we built our country, right. yeah, we, you know, because when it comes to um to sending funds back, when when I mean I remember in the days when when Victoria Mutual, not so much Jamaican National, would have town hall meetings, right, yes, with 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 our our parents who were coming back in the mm -hmm. in the nineties and eight late in the nineties, they start coming back in Joves. That's when right. our associates they start coming back in Joves. And I remember going to these meetings and just oh, I wait to see so many people with grey hair because that's the first time I might have seen people with grey hair. 
in those days. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the first time these young men and these women at these town hall meetings buying up, you know, planning to come home and build all these massive houses. Right. Know, which, right. which is really quite a mistake. So we so so we build our country because you know when it, when it comes to to, to remittances, you know you in Canada dear. I mean I sh I'm sure I spend more than two hundred thousand per month in Jamaica, paying out, paying bills, paying taxes, paying taxi fare, employing gardener, employing you know you know helpers, you know yeah. building. You know we spend our remittance is the greatest. Yeah amount better because can you afford to spend send two hundred thousand to your country our pensions is really the greatest remittance yeah. coming into the country more than tourism so so yeah, what so I, what, I, what i'm hearing is that so there was some good that came out of windrush oh yes definitely 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 because of the diaspora you know i'm mm -hmm. sure you heard about the diaspora yeah yeah the diaspora are who are the diaspora? They are our children. Right, right. Yeah, that are, that we sort of encourage, we encourage them to come home. Yes, it's volatile, but we hope that when you come back, we yeah. will be the backbone of, of, of the return residents, will be the backbone so that, you know, the young people can go elsewhere and fail. And But, you know, they have the option to either go back to England or go back to Canada or go back to Europe, wherever oh, yeah. they are. So, you know, we... We, you know, we, we we do some very positive things in our country. You know, we go to our communities. We 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 educate people. We you know, if somebody if a church building is falling down, the returning residents would put together and fix it. Some they would send children to school. They would be 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 sort of contribute to the to the local community, the local hospitals, because. My organization, each each we call ourselves chapters, and we we are in each every 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 parish we are in, which we contribute mm -hmm. and and contribute to the community. Right. So we help we help build our country. I mean, if you go to places like Haiti and those other countries, you see people coming in like Joes, but the country is still poor. Some parts yeah. of it. You come, you come to Jamaica. I mean, you young people are now building because you know you can, you have you have the opportunity to get funds and and yeah. you 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 build and you can borrow because you're alone. We didn't have those opportunities when we were, you know, us Windrush people didn't have those opportunities to borrow to be educated. So we went to England. Some of us get educated. Lots of the old old not lots of lots of the. The Duke's, Duke Street is a sort of chapter of, um, of lawyers in England. Most yeah. of them are trained in England. Their children are taken over now. But you know, if they're rich enough, they send their children back to England to fast track the legal provision there. All so, right. you well, know. Listen, Mr. Stapa, mm -hmm. you have shared a lot of nuggets. I, I don't know what happened. Okay, Mr. Stapa, credit done. But that was an awesome discussion. Uh, something, something technical happened there, so she jumped off. Uh, over the next couple of months, we're going to be sharing a number of stories about people who went to England in the early days as part of the Windrush generation. And their generations, their children, their children's children will share some of that with us here on Wataguan as we celebrate Windrush 75 with our friends in England. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. I was hoping to get Mrs. Tapa back to say goodbye properly, but as I didn't get her back, uh, but I want to thank her for, for joining us. Uh, Nicole had an emergency. She had to take off. Uh, so I'm going to finish out with us. We heard about the Patwa phrase of the day, Parson Christening Picnic Fuss. For those who don't understand, I didn't see any comments this week, right? Uh, you know, people are watching you understand the Jamaican patwa, what does Parson Christian Picnic Fuss mean? Here's what it is. Everyone takes of themselves or takes care of themselves and their own first. So simply put, you give yourself priority 
And that's the Jamaican Patwa phrase of the day. Uh, coming up next week, we continue to celebrate our women here on Wataguan in International as well. We celebrate International Women's Day, but all we're, we're doing it for the entire month. And we're going to have Maxine Willocks join us discussing the topic, Our Women Aging Gracefully, It Can Be Done. Maxine will talk to us about eating, exercise, meditation, yoga, and lots more. We ask you to join us next week, same time, same place. You also have the opportunity to help Wataguan, but also to share your story, your message, while we share ours. If you want to get your ad on the program, contact us at wataguan.ca, or you can send us an email at wataguancnd at gmail.com. Of course, we want to grow the program, folks. So if you're watching it, share it. Follow us, subscribe to the YouTube channel, add your comments, add your feedback so that we can spread the message of Wataguan all around. We look forward to growing with you. Thanks, Mark. Fantastic interview. Thanks for the support, Virginota, Montreal. And of course, we'll continue to do what we do as we share the stories and share the experiences of the Jamaican Canadian people and people all over the world, right? On Wataguan. So, Nicole gone, so we don't get for, for chit chat. We are pretty much done. Next time, please, more comments because we want to hear from you. But we're going to be back next week. We are on Podbean, we are on Amazon, iHeart, all of these different uh, podcasting platforms. Check our website, wataguan.ca. Subscribe, follow. Until next week when we come back and we do it again, take care, Watwood.